everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we begin a brand new week in WWE as we are on that road to WrestleMania under one month away now, going down live from SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. I'm Keela Cashem. By my side, as always, is my right hand, my co-captain, the sometimes advocate for the not-so-rapidly-improving Ron Wagner, according to... Mr. Stone, but I'm sure Scott has something to say about that. I bring to you on this show this week, not perky, not even salty, Scott Young. He has declared himself already before the end of the year, the father of the year. But today he is known as good father, Scott Young. Hello, good father. Thank you, Keela. It's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE with you. I was inspired not only by the anti-good father, the opposite of a good father, Mr. 619 on Friday night, but also Mr. Father Keith Lee from uh, from Rampage a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, and this week he decided to transform into Dracula. So you know, he's got a cape and whatnot. So I don't know what the hell is going on with that. So I figured he wasn't going to be a father anymore. He was going to be Dracula. I could take the father name. So... This is where we are. Pastor Keith Lee <laughs> on the pulpit, pastoring. I love it. I guess I guess Father Keith Lee is what he does during the daytime, and Dracula Keith Lee is his nighttime gig. So you say he's preaching by day and sucking blood by night. Is that your suggestion here? Essentially, he is the Twilight character without the sprinkles. And he has more range. There's mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. So I appreciate that. Way more charismatic. Yes. He can rap. He can sing. He can fight. Deadly combination. You're yeah. not going to do like a CeeLo impersonation, are you? <laughs> nah. That was nah. a hit last week. <laughs> nah, I got no CeeLo. Listen, I'm going to keep that on a high note. If, if, the, if, I get the, if I get the Holy Ghost in me again, then I'll definitely let him out, but... Now, Father Lee wasn't around, so I didn't get the call in. Darn. I have the collection played on standby just in case to change your mind. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Rey Mysterio will give us like a moment of you to spit some bars perhaps later today. Oh, listen, Rey Mysterio could definitely get me in the... Rey Mysterio the type of dude you play hit him up for and get your mind right to get ready to go to, go to war against. The things I cannot say on this show at the end of that song, but it all applies to Rey Mysterio as a father right now. We'll get to him later on in this show. But before we dive into the week that was in WWE, we got to talk about our favorite subject besides WWE, which is the NBA Western Conference standings, because it's a battle between the Warriors and the Lakers jockeying for position in the playoffs. We are a little under a month away before we start this race towards the NBA Finals. And I got to say, my Warriors shocked me this week. They're on a five-game winning streak, six and four in their last 10. They're 34 and 30, and they're in the fifth spot. You win five in a row, that happens. As for the Lakers, they have climbed out of the 13th spot into the 11th position, one away from number 10, nipping on the heels of the Pelicans and the Jazz, 30 and 34. They're five and five in their last 10 on a one game losing streak. And the bad news is LeBron James is out for at least three weeks with an ankle injury, suffered last Sunday playing the Mavericks. And at first I thought he was having just a theatrical moment, 
trying to milk the crowd for what is worth. But come to find out this guy played tough with a legit injury and he's out for the next three weeks. Scott, my condolences. Yeah, not the birthday present I was expecting. But, um, you know, we listen, I think we're in a good spot. When D'Angelo Russell comes back, you know, I think that'll be the, the spark we need. We got Dennis Schroeder playing 40 minutes, and nobody's winning games with Dennis Schroeder playing 40 minutes. So there's that, especially when he's going four for 13 from the field, and yet you still leave this man out there. Like, bruh, listen, besides, you know, needing a couple more pieces, what the Lakers really need is a coach. One of assistant coach, somebody who knows some X's and O's out there because Darvin Ham is just literally filling a seat. Like, I feel like LeBron's coaching out there. Um, the LeBron injury is going to hurt. AD's a sniff away from missing three weeks. So, you know, we're, 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 we're treading real dangerous water right now. So, we need D'Angelo Russell to come back. Um, but as for you guys, this is all without Steph, too. Clay Thompson is uh really stepping up. Jordan Poole. I, I've never been a big Jordan Poole guy. I think he's just in a really good system. I, I feel like he'd be like a 40% shooter on or any other team because you could double and triple team him like you please, but he's all right. But Clay, Clay been hooping. Shout out to my mixed boy, Clay. You know, hey, that's, that's, that's a mixed thing, you know? Shout out to him. The one warrior you have respect for. <laughs> my light-skinned brother. Your light-skinned brother. I do appreciate that because Clay has unlimited biscuits. Cheddar Biscuits at that at Red Lobster, and he's been balling out lately as well. And I think this is the time the Warriors kind of say, we wake up now. We're we're not bored anymore. This is the home stretch for the regular season, and that is a team you don't want to play when they finally care when it's time to actually ball out in the playoffs. Yeah, especially now that Kaminga's starting to seem like he's starting to find his role a little bit. Um, Dante's a, he's been a really nice piece for y'all all year. He's fitting in real well. So, yeah, still a, a very dangerous team. I really hope y'all don't win. Like, I feel like my worst possible scenario is a Suns-Warriors Western Conference Finals. Just two snakes going at it to see who represents the West. How dare you? Two snakes. <laughs> really? That's what you call the Suns and the Warriors, two snakes going at it. That'd be box office, actually. KD playing against his old team. Can he beat them when it counts most? I can't believe I'm saying this, but I would almost root for the Warriors, man. Like, I would genuinely, genuinely be like, man, I do not want to see KD win a ring after going from the the Nets with Kyrie and James Harden to now to the, the Suns with Booker and CP3, so... That's the only way I'm rooting for the Warriors is if KD is against them in the Western Conference Finals. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. So what we're going to do is we're going to bank this statement by Scott Young until (laughs) May, until mid-May. And then when it's time, if it actually happens, if it's Warriors versus Suns in the Western Conference Finals, we're going to have Scott wearing his Golden State Warrior pom-poms. Ready to go, cheering on Steph and Clay and Draymond and Jordan Poole, the whole crew. This would be historical right here on the wrap that for once, Scott Young will be a homer for the Golden State Warriors. My name will be Warriors fan Scott. <laughs> if, if that is the Western Conference Finals. Hey, you know, Akila, you 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 took your bet like a champ. I'll 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 place this bet right here. If it is a Warriors 
Suns Western Conference Finals. I for the for the entire series, I will be a Warriors fan. Not only here, but on social media. I want your name changed. Warriors <laughs> fan Scott. Steph's number one supporter. I don't <laughs> You can get some posts from me, but that's asking a lot. <laughs> get a little banner up top with Steph on the front. Ooh, you get a picture of Clay. I can give you 50-50. I want the entire Warriors experience on your timeline. <laughs> Buy a Let's... jersey, too. Listen, I can give love to a few of the Warriors. Like Clay, I can give love to Dante. I like Dante. I can give him some love. I even like Looney. When we start getting to Draymond and Steph, you know, you might be losing me a little bit. <laughs> might have to renege on the bed a little bit when it comes to those two. I'm halfway home. That's all that matters to me. But yeah. Hey, so go ahead and go ahead and jot that down. Bank on it. Shout out to Gigi on that one too. Shout out to the boss man. Gigi smiling as he's listening back to this show right now to realize that Scott Young could be a homer for the Warriors in two months' time. And I cannot wait for that either to have Scott lavish praise on the Warriors, repping the Bay. Oh, a dream come true. Oh, it sounds so awful. <laughs> it sounds delicious. I love it. And we've spent nine minutes talking about the Warriors and the Lakers. And that is our fun for this week as my dream could come true. So pull through, Suns and Warriors. Russell Conference Finals, my respects and condolences to Memphis and Denver if it don't go your way. But let's talk about the week that was in WWE. And we got some inside scoop regarding two WrestleMania matches that I cannot believe is actually happening for night one or two. So on tap is allegedly. Bray Wyatt versus Bobby Lashley. This is a mismatch from hell. I have already rebuked the return of the Firefly Funhouse. I am not here for it. I'm over Bray Wyatt at this point. I feel very sorry for Bobby Lashley. But the true tea from this week is that Brock Lesnar himself, from a report courtesy of PW Insider and other sources in the industry, notes that he personally turned down a match against Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, said, nope. I'd rather work with Omas or Omis, according to Lesnar. <laughs> and he's going to drink some moonshine on the VIP lounge. He's going to crack some jokes. He's going to F5 MVP. He is going to have a ball at WrestleMania against Omas, maybe suplex him a few times. But the selling point will be Brock Lesnar picking up Omas for an F5. He does it fantastic. He gets a big old WrestleMania payday. But it is very telling, Scott, that Brock Lesnar said nope to Bray Wyatt. And we had such high hopes. The QR codes, follow the rabbit, all that shit was cool. But for Brock Lesnar to say, you know what? Give me your moss at WrestleMania. I don't want any of Bray Wyatt. And poor Bobby Lashley, who gets the consolation prize. Yeah, I, I think it does say a lot about that. And, you know, as far as the Bray Wyatt thing, I... I I think we've we've both been on the Bray Wyatt train, at least on the beginning, and you've hopped off. I, you know, I'm hanging on the side right now as it's going full speed. I'm hanging on the side because I just I I know how creative this guy is, but I feel like sometimes just going back to the basics. Just when you those first few promos when he came back, where he was just talking about figuring out who he was and he was, you know, trying to control his anger. 
that's that's a that's a character that you can dive into and really do more with. And it seems like they went completely away from that more grounded approach to now we're fully en- engrossed into this supernatural world. You know, we've seen no follow up with Alexa Bliss. You know, there was that whole story with Uncle Howdy. We're going to talk about it, but Uncle Howdy now apparently has a freaking Titantron. What? <laughs> Uncle Uncle Bo Howdy has a Titantron? Are you serious? It wasn't enough this dude had entrance music and came out on the stage in the ramp. But now he's got a Titantron. I, I, I just like... Like, what are we doing? Is is he a minion of Bray now? Because I thought he was here to attack Bray. And like, I, so it there, there just doesn't seem to be a direction. It just seems like stuff is being thrown at the board. And it's like, hey, listen, dude, like you could do whatever you want. Stay in your lane. But it, I, I don't know, man. I, you just got to go back to the basics or you just got to keep him off TV and he only shows up four times a year. I mean, that's what else do you do with him? He, the only time he stays interesting is when it's cryptic hints where you have to, you know, wait for him to come back and see who he's going to attack. And then once he does it, it's like, Oh, now we're back to the same old Bray. So we'll see what happens, but I feel like a back to the basics grounded approach is still the way to go. I agree. Things feel very scattershot right now with Bray Wyatt's presentation. And I don't know why. It was a focus early on. He cut really good promos. I was intrigued by it. But to fall back into old habits, to me, it feels like a retread of things we've seen before that is outdated and was overkill towards his original end of his run in WWE a couple of years ago. And we're going back to things such as the Muscle Man Dance, the Firefly Funhouse. All of that stuff feels very out of focus for what we need today from Bray Wyatt. And the campaign upon his return was very clever and creative. The QR codes was cool. People were scanning that shit every single week. You wanted a clue as to what this meant, this place, this time, this location, this date. It just all built to that moment at Extreme Rules. And since then, it's been like moments of goodness. And then we have the Warrior Rumble and Uncle Howdy missing LA Knight on that dive. And him disappearing randomly after an attack by Bobby Lashley and the guy has a Titantron, as you mentioned. So he told Kevin Dunn, hey, homie, guess what? I got graphics now. You want to play them? Like, it's just the suspension of disbelief is a bit too much for me. Yeah, I think it's a bit too much for everybody. And, you know, Bray seems that he's still over. Like, he's still clearly, oh, like the crowd's still reacting to him. It's just... I think I was listening to um, the the Fight Game podcast with with Gigi and John LaRocca. And, you know, I think they, I don't don't remember which one of them said it, but they hit it on the head. Nobody's come out from a feud with Bray Wyatt better, you know, at least in the last few years. Like nobody has come out or the last few feuds that he's had. Nobody's come out of a feud better with him. Look, look at Seth Rollins. It's taken him years to get back to that top tier babyface main event level. And speaking of babyface, maybe that's the issue we're having with Bray Wyatt right now. Is we're trying to keep this man a babyface when if we're going to go back to the basics and back to what works for him, he needs to just be a cult leader heel who is trying to brainwash people into his cult. So like I said, let's go back to the basics. Give me a 
let Bobby Lashley destroy Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy at WrestleMania. Just destroy them. And he's broken down and he goes back to the basics. Back to, and, he, and he just starts recruiting some lower class wrestlers and brainwashing them and trying to sell them on this idea. Like that's where Bray Wyatt is at his best, where he has these goons working for him and he can just come in because he's a hoss and then just big boy people. Just go back to the basics, man. You don't have to do, uh, do all this hokey stuff. It's too much. The guy's too gifted as a talker to lean that heavily into something right. that doesn't work. Right. And he's a merchandise seller. I cannot lie and deny that he doesn't move merch for WWE. But at the same time, I'm not compelled by him as a character. And I used to be. Ten years ago, I was ride or die for Bray Wyatt. The Wyatt family was everything. I memorized his promos by heart. I loved that version of Bray Wyatt. That's Bray Wyatt at his best. This, in the beginning, it was fun. And this is a mess. And for Brock Lesnar to say pass on you you might want to reconsider what you're doing. And that is no shade. That is facts. When Brock Lesnar says, I don't want this at WrestleMania, you got to rethink your strategy. Absolutely. Now, as we pray for Bobby Lashley to get through this match at WrestleMania, may the her business be reunited by then. Let's talk about one of the highlights for Monday Night Raw. One of my favorite matches of the week was Cody Rhodes versus Chad Gable. I wanted more time because these guys cooked in the ring. I love the inverted superplex by Cody before going to commercial break. And Chad Gable, anytime he's given an opportunity to ball out in the ring, he does so with just amazing athleticism and God gifted to technical wrestling ability. He counted a disaster kick into a German suplex, then delivered an insane cliffhanger DDT moonsault perfectly laid out on Cody for a near fall. Cody comes back with a dive on the outside. Otis is seeing things at ringside, allegedly Maxine Dupree and Cody plays along and he tosses Otis's ass over the barricade, gets back in the ring and dare I say delivers one of his best Cody Cutters ever as he sells across the ring the WrestleMania sign in the backdrop and Chad Gable sells his ass off perfectly for that and the crossroads, by the way, for the one, two, three. I love the match. I wanted 10 more minutes. It was that good. And the hook, line of sinker for Friday SmackDown was Cody saying that I will be in D.C. alongside Roman Reigns and maybe we have a face-to-face confrontation, which we would get and we'll get to shortly. But Scott, your thoughts on this match between Cody Rhodes and Chad Gable on Monday Night Raw? Oh, it was an excellent match. Um, really, really fun matchup. And, you know, the Cody Cutter, he hit the middle and went to the top rope. And it was just a, a great camera shot as well. Really nice. Uh, Gable took that that crossroads like RVD used to take the RKO spike straight on his head. That was real nice. You know, Chad Gable is a guy, you know, we every, we all talk about Montez Ford and, and rightfully so. I think Chad Gable is a guy we should also keep keep an eye on this coming 2023. Otis seems like he's heading for a different direction with uh, the maximum male models. And that seems like that split could be coming. I think Chad Gable is a guy you could keep an eye on for singles. Um, if you're not going to call up uh, Julius and Brutus to, be, to work with him in the Alpha Academy, then I think a singles push for Chad should definitely be on the horizon, especially for that U.S. title. I, I think he needs to be in the hunt for that. He could have some some really fun matches there. But, yeah, this match was great. Uh, Cody, I think any worry about Cody Rhodes as far as the fans turning – 
backlash. I think all that gets put to bed. His style, you know, his, everything about him still feels fresh. Him in the ring still feels fresh. So uh, this is a good match, good way to uh, start the show. And uh, yeah, uh, it had me excited about the confrontation on Friday as well. Me too. Really good stuff. Chad Gable, you know I love him. At one point, I wanted him on a bullet train to New Japan because he was being wasted in WWE, but he's so good. And now you got this idea in my head of the Creed Brothers and Chad Gable as a unit. My God, that would be absolutely crazy if it was to come to pass on the main roster because that would be a sickening faction because I'm all about factions in WWE. And that would be a nice revamped version of the Afro Academy if Otis does decide to become a fashion model for maximum male models. Uh, and I think it's a, just a seamless way to bring them up and, and you can really spotlight Chad a little bit more. You know, he can really he's the leader of this group, clearly, but he could really stand on his own. You could really push him a little bit more, especially with Julius and Brutus behind him, you know, having them Creed boys back there. So it's just an idea. I, I mean, they don't they don't have you don't have to bring them boys up like that because they're just going to hit hard anyway. And they're probably going to get over like that. But It'd be an easy way. And I think Chad having some goons behind him would be a lot of fun. Yes. And the eventual Julius Chad Gable match. Give oh, me that, please. Right. Right. Oh. Mm. Okay. Let's stop fantasy booking because now my mind is going to places it shouldn't go because that is going to be like an awesome match whenever it takes place. Two talented guys going at it. See how Scott works. He plants an idea in my head and now I want it desperately. <laughs> Listen, this is this is for this potential bet that could really go wrong for me come May. <laughs> so you're trying to soften the blow, but it's too late. You've professed your love for the Warriors in advance, and I'm going to savor this day. I really am. I'm not. <laughs> I don't care. And I love that for me. You shouldn't have said it. I know. I now know your weakness, Kevin Durant. There's <laughs> very few. There's very few things that I dislike more than Chris Jericho, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant is definitely one of them. Wow, that is quite the menagerie of people you don't like. But I appreciate that for my agenda, the Warriors' agenda. As we segue to the main event of Monday Night Raw, it was for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles involving Lita and Becky Lynch versus Damage Control's Io Sky and Dakota Kai. And this match was all right. Lita was very rusty. I love Lita, but she was very rusty in this match. Becky Lynch definitely held things together when need be. I thought Io Sky did a great job throughout this match, breaking up submissions and pin attempts that Becky Lynch had on Dakota Kai. And at one point, Becky was down and out with a double suplex spot by damage control, Bailey causing trouble at ringside by throwing a belt in the ring until the one and only Trish Stratus comes out to go after Bailey to even the odds for her bestie leader who gets in the ring and she tries a DDT variation that doesn't quite go the way it was supposed to go, but she makes up for it with a twist of fate on EO Sky. And we have the longest delay lead assault of all time. As she's waiting patiently, we got Trish laying out Bailey with the Trish kick knocks her out. We got Becky handling Dakota Kai on the apron with the disarmor. And finally, Lita is going to land the lead assault. Good lead assault, despite the hurricane that went awry moments earlier. And now we have brand new 
WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Becky Lynch is now a Triple Crown winner, winning the Raw, SmackDown, and now Women's Tag Team titles. Very happy for her. Lita, first time ever winning the Women's Tag Team titles. Good for her. And I just wondered to myself, what are we going to do at WrestleMania now that for once again, for the fourth year in a row, dating back to 2019, we got a makeshift team winning the titles of WrestleMania. I doubt they will be together as a tag team this time next year. So the question is, Scott, when the time comes, who will be elevated by beating Becky and Lita for these titles? Is this how we're going to get our Becky-Ronda showdown at WrestleMania? Becky and, and Lita versus... Becky and Lita versus uh, Ronda and Shayna. And then maybe we get Bailey versus Trish Stratus. You know, like I... I just don't, I don't know what the game plan is. Like it, the lot, what it seemed, the logical thing it seems like they're doing is setting up a six person tag. But did, did you need to have the, the, the real team, an actual team lose the belts like weeks before WrestleMania? You don't, do the legends need that? And the the Trish thing, uh, help me, help me understand this. We were just in Canada and she was nowhere to be seen, right? But we come back to, <laughs> but we come back to the states. <laughs> did they? Did they? Did they think we had Batista advertised because we were in DC? <laughs> but and now Trish wants to come back. Like I'm happy Trish is back. Trish is always welcome back, you know. But I, I just everything just seems off about this. I I have no idea what's going on with this, and not in a good way. You know, we talk about not knowing what's going on with the bloodline story, what's coming next in a good way. This is not in a good way. I just, nothing about damage control has made sense since their inception. Them losing to Aaliyah, where where has she been? Losing to Aaliyah and Raquel, (laughs) and then winning the belts for, you know, weeks later. And then now it's just... I don't know, man. This this whole thing just seems very random and weird. And if anything, why wouldn't you have Lita and Trish win the titles together and have yeah. Becky, you know what I mean? And have Becky interfere. I, I Just nothing about this just makes sense to me. God, Scott, that, that part. Like, why can't Team Bestie win the tag team titles? Right. If you're trying to put some shine for WrestleMania in LA, you give it to the legends. I will accept that. I will accept the makeshift tag team of WWE Hall of Famers that can pass the baton a month later at WrestleMania. A very reasonable solution. As you said last week, Lita was in Ottawa, I believe. Trish is not that far away, but something happened creatively and she left and she came back in Grand Rapids, Michigan for this show. Shout out to Grand Rapids. But I'm confused, too, as to what we're doing at WrestleMania. A six-person tag team match seems reasonable. It seems smart. But then again, would you put your tag team titles on ice again? Or would you have Becky Lynch in a tag team match facing off against Ronda Rousey? And that was box office three or four years ago as a singles match. And it's watered down as a tag team match for the titles. And if either person wins, will I care? Not really, because Ronda Rousey's second run and WWE's in very little for me. So I have to go back to the ultimate conclusion. Sasha Banks and Naomi made the right decision. <laughs> I mean, I, well, let, let's 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 rephrase that. Sasha Banks is Mercedes has absolutely made the right decision. We don't know what we don't know what Naomi got going on, and maybe she's cool with it, you know, but. Mercedes is Mercedes is on top of the world right now. Mandalorian just came out. 
CIWGP champ, you know, running things over there. So about to run stardom. Shout out to Scott E Wrestling as well. Go check out the uh, the five star because I'm I'm definitely trying to catch up on some stardom. Um, yeah, this again, it just doesn't make sense. I don't I I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. The tag titles don't matter. I, we don't even have a team. There is no team. There is no division because there's no team. There's not one team in the division right now. Not a single team. This is embarrassing. This is embarrassing on so many levels. And what gets me is that you actually had a team recently in Candice LeRae and Mishin who were challenging damage control and they could have helped Becky Lynch and they never paid that off. Those tag titles are genuinely just a prop to have a title change, have a nice moment on Raw. That's it. That that the, for show and to have nice moments on TV. That's all they've been used for. Um, Becky, th- that's not true. Sasha and Bailey had a nice run with them. Kyrie and Asuka had a nice run with them. They the tag titles were more relevant and were presented properly during the pandemic than they have mm-hmm. been with any type of fans. No lie, from the Sky Pirates to right, right to Sasha Banks and Bailey running NXT at full sale to the PC to hell, even Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are pretty good as tag team champs Mm -hmm. as well. Even Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler were a comparable tag team. I mean, you want to talk about, you want to talk about a tag team wrestler in the women's division. Let's, let's, let's talk about Nikki, like Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley, or I guess Nikki Ash. That was also a good, at, at least there were stories being told with them. There's no story being told with the titles and damage control. They're just losing the titles or winning the titles and, and holding them. Like, I don't know. It, again, none of this makes sense. Everything is out of order. Everything feels out of whack and everything just feels really random. It does. I even miss Ray Ripley and Liv Morgan as a tag team. At least they cooked and had chemistry. Right. And it made sense a year ago. Think about that, Scott. A year ago, they were a tag team. That's that's crazy to think about. And then they, well, and they, you know, and a year later, they go out and have a real nice match on SmackDown we'll get to. But yeah, that is crazy to think about. Like, so much has happened in a year with those tag titles and nothing good or memorable comes to mind. And they only get defended once a year on pay-per-view, WrestleMania. Maybe, maybe they might not get defended this year. (laughs) We shall see. But yeah, these titles have gone through it. They're a cursed thing. And I have been saying for a while, if you don't care about champions or your challengers or your teams or what teams actually, then maybe you need to retire the titles for now. And and you know what? If you do or, or just just have one, you know, tag division and just. And have it be in the NXT, and I would I would replace that with some type of, you know, mid card women's title, something that other women can fight over. Like at least with AEW, there's two world titles, and yes, there there are definitely there are definitely levels to those world titles. But at least you have two different things that the women can fight over in that division. You know, here you have the two world champs, but let's keep it 100. There's only like four or five women really fighting over those belts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So 
just let the NXT have the tag divisions because at least they're trying to put a little effort into some of their teams. Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to try, get through WrestleMania, but these titles are in a sad state of affairs, even though Becky and Lita are the new tag team champions, but it's all about who's got next. And right now we do not know at this point, which is kind of a shame when you think about it. But let's talk about something that we dreaded the last few weeks on this show. But I got to say this week, Scott, NXT was actually a good show. Do you agree or disagree? I, it was a better show. Um, it was a much better show. I, I don't know if I'd quite call it good yet, but it was, I, I, I watched the whole thing. And you weren't disgusted by the time? Yeah, not at all. Through. Not at all. Especially not with the main event. And yes, the opener, the actually. The main event was really good. The opener was great, too, as we'll get to right now. It was Wrestling versus a open challenge opponent for the NXT North American Championship. There was a melee going on backstage, which I kind of like. People jockeying for position, fighting for a shot at the title. And the lucky winner that came out of the scrap was none other than Nathan Fraser, who we have not seen since October. Like, really, it's been that long. He's had an injury, and maybe it was a visa issue getting back in this country because there's been some issues with NXT UK stars getting back here. But he's back now, and he's got a beard Long hair, still looking cool and fly and everything. And I really enjoyed this match between Wrestle and Nathan Fraser for the North American title. Hops for days. Both di- both guys doing dives on the outside and flipping out of them. I just love their athleticism and agility. And then we have Wesley checking Fraser with a kick. And then Fraser coming through with the reverse sleeper into a DDT, which I love. Goes up top, lands a superplex into a twist and neck breaker on Wesley for a near fall, but it comes down to both guys kind of crashing and burning on the announce table. And Nathan Fraser takes the worst of the bump. And then we have Wesley sell over the ring post and a flip dive to Nathan Fraser lands a cardiac kick for the victory to retain the title. Both guys are given a standing ovation from the crowd and I loved it. They shake hands, they hug, it's mutual respect. This was a great way to kick off the show. And I'm reminded how great Nathan Fraser is and how over Wesley is as champ, as we learned at Vengeance Day in NC, North Carolina, he is a guy to keep your eyes on in terms of being a true star that could really break through in WWE. Yeah, I I, I agree with all that. Um, I think Nathan Frazier really has some top-tier babyface potential. Uh, and I think you saw it here. Wesley's a great babyface as well. I, I did enjoy the melee. I, and honestly, like if there is an open challenge, why wouldn't everyone be trying to go after it? Like why wouldn't why wouldn't everyone be be scrapping and clawing? Why wouldn't there be a huge brawl like that? And even some of the brawl led to some story some storytelling, a match later on between Axiom, um, and I can't remember the bodyguard's name, but um, uh, uh, what's his name? Hank Waller? Is it Hank? Is it Hank? Hank Walker. Hank Walker. Hank Walker. Always got to be some type of Walker, Texas, HB <laughs> with uh, Shawn Michaels there, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like the, the melee was cool. The match was really fun. I, I enjoyed the, you know, where they shook hands at the beginning. And then as the match went on, they tried to shake hands again and it got slapped away and it got more serious, more intense as the match went on. So yeah, really good match. I enjoyed these open challenges that Wesley's doing. And I, I I hope there's a plan for Nathan Frazier. And part of me thinks that maybe if he didn't get injured, that this could, you know, I do wonder what he will be doing if he didn't get injured and what the direction would be. So I'm excited to see what's coming for him. 
Me too. He could have been North America champion. He was in the mm-hmm. running in that ladder match, I believe, at Halloween Havoc. That was the last time he was seen. And I was like, damn, out of sight, out of mind. And I did not mean that because I have missed him on the air. But he's back. Looked great on Tuesday. Like his prospects a lot. And he is a student of the game by way of Seth Rollins. And I would love that match to happen very soon in WWE as well. But good stuff to kick off NXT this past Tuesday on USA as we're on that road to Roblox, the last stop before set and deliver next month in LA. But I wanted to spring a bonus NXT topic to Scott because we got to talk about something from a male perspective. Okay. (laughs) If you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So fishing game. <laughs> Brooks and Dunn. Uh-huh. Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Okay. So we all know that Kiana James and Brooks Jensen were dating up until Valentine's Day when Fallon Henley made a mistake and uh, cock blocked her friend from getting his first kiss ever in life. Since then, Kiana James and Brooks Jensen have kind of gone on ice regarding their relationship. Fallon Henley is trying to make things up to not only Kiana James, but to Brooks Jensen as well. And Josh Briggs feels like the man in the middle of all of this. He wants his family back together, wants everyone to get along. So he's going to take it upon himself. Hey, friend, I want us all to be a, a team, a family, a unit. So let me go talk to Kiana James and every alarm in my head went off like uh Brooks feel sorry for you fam because what's about to happen isn't going to be good for you so Scott from the male perspective if you was in Brooks Jensen's position would you let your friend talk to your woman about getting back together well, listen, if I was the virgin Brooks in this position, <laughs> I, why not? I don't know any better because Briggs is like, yeah, I'm going to go holler at your girl, bro. Let me, let me, let me, let me go holler at your girl real quick. Let me see what's popping off with her because I thought she was interested in me from the jump. But like we, we all see how this is going. Um, and I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to watch Briggs toss Jack off Jensen to the side and to the curb and watch Kiana slap the hell out of him. This is going to be great. This whole love story has been about Fallon and Jack off anyway. So I'm all for, I'm all for Briggs and Kiana becoming the hot new evil power couple of NXT in about two, three months. So what you saying is that Walker HBK Pulled up the tape from WrestleMania 20 when Trish popped the shit out of Chris Jericho and tongued down Christian. Broke his heart. So what we're going to see is Josh Briggs beat the brakes off the version. Then make out with Kiana James and break his best friend's heart. Absolutely. It's going gonna, it's gonna to uh, be a sunny day for Briggs. I can't wait either. I love a messy love story and I am here for it. If Fallon Henley wants to be the shoulder that Brooks just can cry on because he's going to be crying very soon because this is going to be a disaster. You don't let your best friend 
talk to your woman about anything <laughs> ever. <laughs> that, first of all, if your quote unquote best friend suggests to go holler at your girl, <laughs> bruh, what? <laughs> What type of friendship y'all got going going, man? Like, what what does Fallon think of all this? Like, that's what does Fallon think of all this? What is, well, actually, she might be cool with it because she like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Briggs. Go ahead and talk to Kiana and let me go talk to the jack off over here. This is this is this is literally as as Jeremy put it last week, this is the grassy high cutting floor stuff. <laughs> Well, I did compare NXT to Bayside High. That's true. That is it true. Is. You know, all we need is a max for this version of NXT, which is actually the student center when they had those like lovely break sessions in the little lunchroom area. That's the max for NXT when they commiserate and talk about their relationships and feuds on the side. So, yeah, this is where we are right now. I'm here for the mess. I am here for the heartbreak and hopefully Fallon Henley being there for books for for Josh, for Brooks Jensen, I should say, when all of this blows up, because it will. And I cannot wait. She'll be right. She'll miss on Zach, but she ain't gonna miss on her, her former friend, Josh Briggs, who is going to um handle some business very soon. And I'm not talking about real estate. Oh, it's definitely gonna be horny hours. Um and and I, you know, I know we're making a lot of jokes, but let me say this though, real talk. If the plan is to make Josh Briggs and Kiana James the hot new, you know, evil power couple of NXT, I absolutely think that they could get some mileage out of that. Like I, I think Josh Briggs is 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 ready to go. I think there's something there. He looks good in the ring when he gets a chance to go. Kiana's got a great look. I think she could be the great snobby chick. You know that that just you know throws her nose up at you. You know she looks good, but she ain't got a, no time for you. I think that could absolutely run NXT. I believe so too. Josh Briggs has gotten to, to an amazing shape mm-hmm. recently. Guy slimmed down, looks good. He has a babyface offense, but he could pull off being a heel if need be, which might be his future very soon. But yeah, this entire storyline is probably one of my favorites in WWE. I love a good romance angle. And this one right here is angling for me in the best possible way. I cannot wait for the GTV footage of this <laughs> coming our way very soon. This pulling on your GH strings. Yes, it is. <laughs> I love a mess. It warms my heart. I cannot wait. G- when GH meets NXT. Oh, I love it. But I had to spring that on Scott because I know like, would you talk to someone? <laughs> I don't think he would. I would. We if I if I said that to my boy or my boy said that to me, we fight. Hey, we, 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 we scrapping like that's that's just it. Either he going to hit me or I'm going to hit him. But we fighting. The sound answer. I needed to ask an expert. And <laughs> we, we fighting, man. Thank you. Thank you. That is the proper answer. Unlike Brooks Jensen, go ahead and talk to her. It's all good. Like, dude, what are you doing? You just miles to hand off the condoms, too, while you're at it. <laughs> condoms. Briggs ain't using no. Briggs ain't using. No. <laughs> listen, listen. We, I, I, I'm all about safe sex, but let's, let's keep it 100. Briggs ain't worried about that at this point. If, if he doing that to his boy, if he doing his boy dirty like that, you know he doing her dirty like that. Come on, man. No you condoms. Know what? Okay. 
first of all, we have veered into levels that I was not prepared for today. I'm trying to practice safe sex on this show, trying to educate our listeners on the importance of safe sex, the Absolutely. importance of Trojans. Absolutely. Briggs, like, well, <clears throat> forget about that. Don't need any of that for what I'm about to do. Listen. No, I do not think a scumbag who asked his boy to go holler at his girl, who he just got cocked by, who's clearly lonely, wants some, didn't get some. You know what I'm saying? And he's probably like, yeah, I'll bring some drinks over. Let's just talk. Let's just talk. You know? Yeah. Ain't no rubbers coming over there. He ain't picked them up at the store. He just got the beer. GTV come through for me, please. I need footage. Or NXT Anonymous. I need footage of this. Scripts, Visual where you at? Evidence. Where you at, Scripts? <laughs> Not Scripts. <laughs> where, 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 where you at, Scripts? Why you ain't flipping into the scene over here and give me some footage? I'm just saying, man, this dude, this dude all about doing some codes and some cryptic stuff and getting some, you know, you talk about some footage. He always got some footage. Give me some info on this. Give me some download on this. I'm just saying, man. And also, while we're on NXT, while Keela gets back, you know, recovers and whatnot, go uh, shout out to the ladies, uh, Zoe Stark. Um, uh, Satomura, I, I, I always met Mikio, Miko, Miko. Um, they had a really nice match on there as well in NXT. So, uh, Zoe Starks is great. Keely, you back with us. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, man, I'm just, I just, I just bring the facts, you know, I just, I just say the things that everybody's thinking, you know, just put them out there into the world. <sighs> Okay. I'm trying to come back here because... Take your time. <laughs> Here's my question for Scripps. Where is the wine? Where's the wine, sommelier? Where is it? For moments like this. Oh, God. Oh, Scripps. <laughs> Axiom got super speed. He a superhero. Maybe he could sneak in some footage or something. Oh my god, I'm done with you. I'm so done. I have not been broken like this in a while. I needed that. Um, scripts, a relevant storyline <laughs> that he has not had on this show, but him catching Briggs and Kiana James, that would be some great a work. So Walker HBK, get on that. If I see scripts catching them to in the act on TV, I better get a call. I better get some type of residuals for that episode. You deserve $500. I'll take it. I, I'll take it. I'll call Sean personally. Give him his money. Because that is actually genius. But I'm in recovery now after Scott killed me on the air. I'm back. Better than ever. And we're going to go into the main event now of this show involving Carmelo Hayes, him versus that big, strong boy, Tyler Bay. This was an excellent main event to bookend a pretty good NXT from an entering standpoint. 
Love the counters, the roll-ups early on, both guys jockeying for position, very evenly matched. And we have the big, strong boy do an airplane spin on Carmelo Hayes. Melo responds with a suplex of his own and a cutter for a near fall. And then Tyler Bate goes for a beautiful Northern Lights off the top rope. And then Trick Williams gets a little tricky, interferes. That allows Melo to hit the cold breaker and the nothing but net guillotine leg drop on Tyler Bate for the win. And he is game to face Braun Breaker, presumably at Stand and Deliver for the NXT Championship. Rise and shine early in the morning in L.A. at the Staples Center and calling it crypto. I don't acknowledge that name, but I'm looking forward to this matchup. And I think this will be Carmelo Hayes' coronation to be the new NXT champion. And I got to say, you know... I've been loving Melo for a very long time, but I have got to say this because it's very rare that WWE theme music is good these days. Melo's theme music and how he carries himself as a star is grade A, not only for NXT, but it will be a template for him on the main roster. Just superstar written all over him. And I cannot wait to see his entrance at Stand and Deliver, which might be as greatest to date as he will be coronated, I presume, as the new NXT champion. Yeah, he uh, he by far has some of the best entrances on NXT, and yeah, his his at the uh, at at the uh, stand and deliver was going to be special. His uh, WrestleMania weekend entrance is definitely going to be something special. He he is the the top guy in NXT right now. I know Bronze, I know Bronze the guy, but he Mello's the guy that the fans are all ready to get behind. Like he's going to be the baby face in that match with Braun. That's just, you know, that's, that's going to happen. Uh, trick is a great compliment to him. This match was really good. Tyler Bate is an excellent wrestler. This was, uh, you know, this was 10 times better than him and Apollo. Let me put it that way. This was mm-hmm. a really fun match. This is, uh, everything they did meant something. Um, they were countering moves. They were going at each other, the pinfall attempts, uh, they were trying to win the match. There were, you know, moves weren't just being hit and then being countered into another move. Moves were being hit and they were going for pinfalls. Like that's that's what I like to see, um, especially it it was between two guys like this. You know, v- jockeying for a position. Tyler Bate wants to come back and show. You know, I'm still that guy. I want another shot. Melo's got the shot. He's getting ready. He's knocking off the names that Braun has already beat. You know, I, I am curious to see if he if he's going to face. You know, dragging off because you could easily have JD come in and interfere to give him that win, or if they save that for after standing the live or after the the WrestleMania weekend show. So th- this match was really good. I think I like this match better than Wesley and Nathan Frazier just because the stakes felt a little bigger, um, and I I felt like the moves just. They, the story they told throughout the match was better with Melo having to, you know, really dig into his bag and Trick being the being the difference maker. And I think that's the story that they want to tell is Trick Williams is that difference maker on the outside. Yeah. And I love how Melo so throughout the match, like this guy is not an easy beat. Mm-hmm. He is not easy to put away. There was a respect level there. And I do sense that the Trick relationship with Melo might be coming to an end very soon. And that might not be great for Trick because Melo is that guy that could really make him be his equal in some ways, the guy that can talk shit, back it up, and be the nice hype guy. But I feel like Melo at this point is far better as a solo star that could get over as a baby face. He's got a swag to him that is unmatched on this show, has charisma, talent for days. And you see that in this match via his ability to sell that, hey, 
I might be the shit, but this guy in Tyler Bates pretty damn good too. And I got to fight move for move, blow for blow for blow in order to win this match. And maybe wanted to win a bit fair and square, but trick comes through. I hope there's no interference at San and deliver. We'll see about it. But that's my takeaway that maybe this relationship with trick is going to reach a point of like, maybe I can do this on my own and maybe tricks relying on mellow in order to ride those coattails a little while longer as well in storyline. Yeah. And I think there could be something to that. And, you know, I'm kind of with you on, I do, not as much worry about Trick, but I don't, just don't want him to get lost in the shuffle. Like he, he has a purpose when he's with Mello, uh, but it does kind of feel like Mello, you know, is becoming, you know, too. Mello feels like he's becoming too big for NXT. You know, I know we've been saying that about Braun for a while, but I, I wonder how long after Mello wins, how long he is still down for NXT. You know, because I, I, I think he's ready for that main roster debut. You know, you said something. Very telling, I thought, when you mentioned about his entrance, his music fitting the way he carries himself, his swag, his whole persona. That entrance on a big live raw stage, that, man, that's that's why I, I, you know, I think there may be more mystery to this NXT title match with Braun than we may think. Who's to say they don't call Mello up and leave Braun down there longer? You know, and I, I know people are like, well, what are you going to do with Braun? What are you going to do with Mello? You know, like what's after you beat a guy like Braun Breaker, what's there left for you on NXT? There are some great matches still left. You got Tyler Bates, you got Nathan Fraser, you got Elio Dragunov, you got options here. You got JD McDonough as well. You got possibilities, but I do agree with you that at some point, mellow with that selling as well because what you gonna do at some point and i don't see him being a long-term champion i see him getting called up before SummerSlam, perhaps i can see that and that the jd match is the one i really want to see especially with mellow as a pure baby face jd targeting some limbs i that's the one i really want to see but that's also me being a jd fan yeah and maybe wesley and mellow too that's that's a nice champion versus champion match. And and the Iliad one is and the reason I brought that one up earlier is the way he sold Dragonoff last week when he came out and he you know he hit that headbutt on trick. The way he sold all that, you know, just the expression on his face, like holy hell, look at this guy. I that's I, I think they that would be the one if I was NXT, I would save from the big match after he beats Braun. Agreed. Save it for another arena show on the road in your house, mm-hmm. maybe in the yep. summer. I would love to see that as well. So there's, uh, there are options for Melo after San and deliver. If he walks out in XC champion, but I don't see him being there past the summer. Cause I think he's main roster ready. He has an aura to him that he will immediately get over on the main roster. He's just talented in every way. And you want to capitalize on that. when he's still in his prime. Yeah. I, I think that's a good call. I would even, I would even hopefully have him on the SummerSlam card. I would hope so, too. So hopefully that happens for us. Fingers crossed. As we count down to send and deliver, going down next month in L.A., very early in the morning for the West Coasters. My apologies to you all. But a better-than-usual NXT as we get ready for Roblox this Tuesday on USA. As we segue to Friday Night SmackDown, going down live from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., at the Capital One Arena. And this show was sold out, a hot ticket And the confrontation we have been waiting for finally took place. Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns, face-to-face, mic-to-mic, and Cody and Roman Reigns. Let's just get it out the way right now. 
they have they have pyro wars 2023 <laughs> who could blow the most pyro in under two minutes scott let's just get that out the way first <laughs> listen man they the pyro team was working hard in that opening segment let me go ahead and tell you the reason that the pause took so long was so they could get the next set of pyro ready for cody that's why Roman took so long with the acknowledge me and all that. That's why it wasn't a straight interruption. You remember when when uh, Undertaker, yeah, Undertaker showed up, came out on his big return, and then Triple H came right away. That's why they they had to pause that because they needed time to set up for more pyro. I thought that was a bit ridiculous. <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest with you, like you gave Roman both sets of his pyro, both sets, and then you gave Cody his full set of pyro. <laughs> What whatever man, <laughs> listen. You in DC? Whatever y'all want to do. But let me say this: when Cody does his whoa, the whole crowd is all doing it. I can't wait to hear that at Mania. Oh, they're in sync now. They know it. They know the words to a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. So they'll be singing and they're gonna be vibing. I still want Roman to have his choir at WrestleMania for this moment. We need the choir singing him down to the ring. Oh yeah, I'm I'm absolutely for that. They, you you're in LA, man. You need to pull out all the stops, go as big as possible. And we Pyro, I'm expecting fighter jets to be flying across when Cody throws his arms up. <laughs> <It's> been, <laughs> you know this guy. I'm expecting fighter jets to just be flying across the air when he opens his arms. When Roman throws his titles up, I'm expecting helicopters to have guys dropping out, <laughs> you know, parachuting down. Who knows what's going to happen? So you trying to break me twice in the show. You talking about Cody's going to have a, a, a military flyover. Hey, hey, listen, listen. The Nightmare Factory been working over there. They got a lot of tools over there. A lot of toys. Apparently the Blue Angels works at the Nightmare <laughs> exactly, Factory. Exactly, exactly. Oh my God. I totally believe that shit too. The Cody's going to have a fucking flyover for his <laughs> Nobody would be surprised. If when Cody throws his hands up for that, whoa, if we see five fighter jets flying right over as some pyro shoots off in the sky and that ugly tattoo isn't that, you know, the 3D form on the screen. No in one a drone. Would, in, in a, a drone, dr- Scott. Yeah, exactly, Keela. You see the vision. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. We're going to speak this into existence. You see it. Because I didn't even think about the drones, but you're right. That's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to form that ugly tattoo in the middle of the sky, and the fighter jets are going to fly right through them. Fuck. (laughs) FAA's going to have a hard time that night. Get all these goddamn drones and these fighter jets out of the air now. Oh, man. Roman in the helicopters. Okay, I see the vision. It's going to be 20... They're gonna. It's gonna be take twenty minutes for Roman and Cody just to get to the ring before the ring introductions. No oh, fuck, especially Roman. <laughs> Don't let it be a long ramp. You know it's gonna be a long ramp. <laughs> that dude already got a slow walk. He got to stop and raise his titles four times during a song. Like at least, at least you know when Roman comes out, you'll have time to get yourself a drink, go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see Cody come out for the beginning of his and, you know, you got time to go get your food. You know, by that time, you could probably heat up whatever you had from earlier. So you, there's there's a reason for all this. Meal prep, drink Absolutely. prep. Absolutely. Bathroom break, perfect time to handle your business because there's going to be some long ass entrances. 
Well, Undertaker, I could bake a cake in half the time, <laughs> but for Roman, not quite. Not quite. But this was <laughs> a lot before we dive into the actual promo. We ain't even talking about the promo. We just talking about the pyro. <laughs> <laughs> Which led to extravagant WrestleMania interest discussions that are probable at this point. I'm looking forward to now the fighter jets and the $10 million worth of pyro going off between two guys at WrestleMania. That was happening. For sure. But the promo, the top story of this segment, which was very good. And I have to commend both guys because they did some great work on the mic. And Cody Rhodes told Roman that, you know what? I just want to talk to you. Can you dismiss Paul Heyman, Soto Sokoa, and Jimmy Uso? And Roman agrees. He lets them go. And Roman turns it around and says, if that makes you more comfortable. And Cody's like, cool, whatever. And then Roman is playing head games with Cody Rhodes. He throws the belts down very disrespectfully and basically tells him, like, you know, the flow is yours. You have at it. And Cody is saying that for a very long time, people have told you that you are it. You have been champion for 915 plus days. You are a legend. You are everything you say you are. And then some, you've beat them all in the last three years, but you're not impossible to beat. Cause I have been told that I can't do the impossible my entire career. I would always be an understudy to Randy Orton. I would always live in Stardust's shadow. I wouldn't sell out 10, a 10,000 seat arena with my best friends on the indie scene. And we did so I did it all. So you can't tell me I can't beat you when it counts most at WrestleMania. So you're not impossible for me. So Roman says, wow, you must have practiced that all week. Rehearsed it, got it ready. Tight presentation. But have you fought for one of these? Mm. That championship over here, that championship over there. Have you ever competed for these at a WrestleMania in the main event? I have many times been there done that that's easy for me and then roman really gets personal and i gotta commend roman because i can tell he was trying not to actually get emotional talking about dusty Rhodes because that man meant a lot to him because dusty basically told him you got it you can't teach it you just have it and i loved roman's impersonation of dusty as well he talked about the lessons that dusty taught him as a wrestler as a family man to kind of balance that wrestling life work dynamic. And he goes into these conversations he would have with Dusty and how Cody never came up in the conversations and Roman throwing shade saying that maybe he talked to you with Seth, Becky, Bailey, KO, but he never talked about you with me. And he says the lessons that your father didn't teach you, Cody, I would teach you at WrestleMania. Mm. And I'm like, damn, Roman, this is some cold-blooded shade. And Cody realized, you know what, Paul Heyman, a few weeks ago, might have told the gospel truth that maybe, just maybe, my father thought that you was the son he always wanted. And I got to prove a point that I exist. I need to exist by winning this championship, by winning those at WrestleMania. It's a goal for him now to exist, to carry on this legacy for his father, to prove that, hey, I'm, I'm worthy of this too. I'm worthy of the success and the accolades and the love. And they shake hands. And Roman, who I thought did a great job, did even better when he walked away, unbeknownst to Cody, confident, smiling. But when he's away from Cody, 
Roman realized that did not work. I did not get in this guy's head enough. And he's a bit shook heading into WrestleMania. I loved everything about this. It's personal. It's a layered story. The fans are into it. And as you said earlier, there is there was this fear of what would the fans do? Would they turn on Cody due to the Sammy push and momentum? We are living in a world where you can feed everybody and you can eat just as well. And we're eating good with Sammy and eating good with Cody. And this is the match that makes the most sense of WrestleMania. I'm not mad at it. The ratings have not fallen off a cliff. The tickets are selling like hotcakes for everybody in WWE. So I thought this was a home run of a segment. Exceptional work by Roman and, and Cody Rhodes. Yeah, this is a really good segment. I thought it might have went a little too long because I thought some of the pauses. But then, you know, you brought up a good point about maybe Roman was getting a bit emotional talking about Dusty. And that's why he had to take a minute because the tribal chief can't get emotional. You know, the, the tribal chief can't get vulnerable like that. And I think that's why this promo segment works so well. Uh, Cody, Cody is a, a really, like, I know people knock him and stuff and, but Cody is a really good talker, and, and he's got to be up there in, one of, in some of the best in the game. But shout out to Roman. When he laid those titles down, Keela, he also then he came at him with, so what do you want to talk about? Yes. <laughs> Yo, Roman is a menace. Let me just say that. That guy is a menace. And somebody pointed something out on Twitter. The way the titles were facing, uh, the WWE title was pointed towards Cody. The universal title was pointed towards Roman. Definitely probably wasn't intentional, but little things like that just added to the segment and Roman doing the impersonation. And you could tell even Cody was like, yeah, that was pretty good. I, I do appreciate that. Like it's there's a little bit of realism to it. And that's what you need. Not over the top to the point where it's like, you know, like Becky and Charlotte, where that was just too much. This is just enough realism where it's like, yo, that that this this is a little bit more personal than we may think. Um so I I loved I love that it was just a a one-on-one face to face. You know, and Cody tried to say, you know, don't be scared out here. And Roman's like, well, you don't have nothing to be scared of now. Like the mind games that they try to play, because eventually they're gonna have to come to fist of cuffs. And I I like that this felt like just two guys who want the title and it's nothing more because it's going to get more personal. It's going to get a little bit more violent. And one other thing I also liked, you know, we talk about the bloodline and we give Roman all the accolades and all the praise and rightfully so, but every member of the bloodline plays their part to perfection. Solo Sokoa never took his eyes off Cody Rhodes the entire time he was in the ring. And Cody Rhodes never took his eyes off of Solo either. I, I love little things like that because that puts over Solo. Cody had a very concerned look with Solo, as he should. And that's the way Solo has been projected this entire time. Like, Solo's been protected. The only guy I think has beat Solo is Drew McIntyre. And I think that was in like a hell of a street fight before he went to Clash, where, you know, or right, right after Clash and all that. So, I, like, I love little things like that because. I think that's a match that's going to happen. Cody versus Solo on the road to WrestleMania because eventually the bloodline is going to start whooping that tail on Cody Rhodes and start beating him down. So I, little things like that just really added on top of what was already a great segment. Absolutely. And another thing that you pointed out of the personal aspect of this feud is that Cody's been very public about the Dusty Kids line from NXT 
about 10 years ago that Dusty trained Seth and KO and Moxley and Reigns and Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Becky Lynch, just to name a few. And Cody felt some kind of way about it saying, hey, I'm his kid too. I was raised by the American dream. Like I, you know, he felt some kind of way about what about me and my career and how come I'm not getting these accolades and love on the main roster? This is real for him too. He talked about it on the Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold last year after WrestleMania. So he's playing into past conversations he's talked about regarding the love that Dusty had for the PC trainees way back when, before they were big time on the main roster. And you see that Roman Reigns is really the encapsulation of Dusty Rose's greatest success story from NXT in some ways as well. And, you know, what's kind of interesting is Roman, Cody, Dusty, they've all kind of been entangled ever since Roman debuted on the main roster. You know, you think about the Shield versus the Rhodes brothers for their career. You know, um, th- that was a big tag title, a big match, a big feud that they had. So, and I, I think I, I like that point that you just brought up about all the NXT kids because everybody who who he interacted with, who he touched and worked with, they all speak so highly of him and talk about all the things that he learned and whatnot. And that's why that line about what Roman said, listen, Whatever he didn't get a chance to teach you, I'll teach you because he taught me. Like, it just, it all comes full circle. And, you know, Cody brought, you know, when Cody says the thing about Paul Heyman, he might have been telling the truth. Paul Heyman is a liar. Like, that is Paul Heyman's gimmick is he is a liar. So I I think it will come out that he did talk about Cody and maybe that's going to be that final motivation and, and spark that Cody gets. Like, yeah, my dad did talk about me. I know I know exactly how my father felt about me and he knows how good I was that I didn't need to have that extra training. Like, that's going to be the promo we get in a couple of weeks where I didn't need, he knew I didn't need that because I already had it because I'm a Rhodes. Like, we're, we're going to get that promo. So Because Paul Heyman is a liar. And that's the, that's the whole thing with Paul Heyman. He's always been a liar that's his that's his thing so this is all great storytelling another excellent chapter in this story and i i'm i'm looking forward to it every week me too highlights heading into wrestlemania season and i thought roman and cody rhodes were exceptional during the segment along with their five million dollars of pyro to kick off the show (laughs) on friday night smackdown they use everything they earned from their gate to pay for that pyro (laughs) they sure did Oh my God, they did. And I loved it. I cannot wait for WrestleMania and the pyro and the drones and the fire and the fighter jets that Scott's is going to, that Scott is manifesting (laughs) and the helicopters. I can't wait. As we segue to a really good match on SmackDown following this segment involving Rhea Ripley, the 2023 Women's Warrior Rumble winner versus Liv Morgan. And these are the final two ladies in the Warrior Rumble. We were pulling for Liv because she was blinded by the blue mist. We're like, come on, Liv, get Rhea off the apron so we can have our moment at WrestleMania. But she fell short a little bit. But this match was very good. We talked earlier that they were a tag team this time last year, they were the bat and the cat in WrestleMania. Now they're fighting on SmackDown weeks before WrestleMania. Very good match. I always enjoyed their chemistry last night. Or I shall ask, yeah, Friday night was no exception as Liv and Rhea worked really well together. 
Liv rocks Rhea with a drop kick early on, goes for another middle rope drop kick, goes for a dive, and Rhea swats her out the way, and she talks shit about Charlotte Flair heading into their match at WrestleMania for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We come back from commercial break, and Liv Morgan continues to mount a good comeback by landing a nice code breaker off the middle rope on Rhea Ripley, on Rhea Ripley with a nice torque, by the way, for a very close near fall. Unfortunately for Liv, she goes up top one more time and she gets hit with a powerbomb courtesy of Rhea Ripley, followed by the Riptide and the inverted Cloverleaf with some stink on it with a knee to the neck and Liv taps out and Rhea stands tall. Loved the end of this match. Clean victory, no dominant Mysterio interference, which was greatly appreciated. Let Rhea win this match on her own, heading into WrestleMania against Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This is a really fun match. Um, and I think for me, what this match kind of showed is that I, I think Liv Morgan has become a a solid foundational piece in that women's division. Like Liv Morgan is somebody you can rely on to go out there and not only put on a good match, but the crowd will be fully invested in with her. Like the crowd was completely with her in this match, even against the uber popular Rhea Ripley. And I think that says something because – Liv Morgan has not, I don't think she's won a match in two, like two, three months. I, like Seriously, I don't think she's won a match. So I think it's very telling how over she is. Let's not, uh, let's not forget about the little girl who was shown crying in the crowd after Liv tapped out. There's a nice video of her going backstage and um, hugging Liv Morgan. You know, we can, people can say what they want about Liv, but and I've been one of them. Trust, I, I've definitely been one of them. But she has a connection with the crowd, man. Like, she has a connection that is not going anywhere. So I think the way they're utilizing her right now is, you know, kind of the baby face that the top heels beat, you know, when they need a good win. I, I don't I don't really see it as an issue right now because that's, that's her role. That's what she's doing. So um, really good match. I really enjoyed it. Liv Morgan, I think, has, is really showing – her worth in this division right now. She's one of the strong spots and it's not a lot to say right now because Charlotte Flair is a champion, but it's only very weak division on paper. You got Rhea Ripley moving from raw to SmackDown for this match at WrestleMania. And hopefully the powers that be don't forget about live post WrestleMania season because there's value in her going after the championship again. And maybe it was a blessing in disguise for her to lose the title the way that she did at extreme Rose to Ronda Rousey last year. Cause despite her going crazy and extreme, and we still ain't got an answer to that, by the way. I've been waiting for four months. I ain't never got my answer. I gave her two weeks, and it became four months. I'm still waiting. But despite that, the push has been maintained, and I do appreciate that. And she has won a match, Scott. She beat Sonya Deville. Did she? Did she? She did. I think she did. See, you're not even sure. Well, I could say with certainty she did. All right. She, got a, she put it through a table, I believe. Oh, I think you're right because she did the senton through the table, right? Yes. Okay. All right. You're right. She. She. But let me ask you this: mm-hmm. who Who hasn't beat Sonya Deville in the last two months? You know that is a factual statement, but at least it was a win. You're right. You're right. I, I stand corrected. She did win a match. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it, even though it was Sonya Deville, who is you know someone that is beaten by everybody, but she does her job very well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, but very good match. Loved it. Great way to kick off the in-ring action on SmackDown on Friday night as we get to Scott's favorite topic on this show every week. He is called Good Father Scott this week for a reason. 
because once again, Rey Mysterio refused to handle his business like a proper father. And now I have joined the ranks of calling Rey Mysterio a shit father. Now, for those of you that follow my other podcast on my own network, The Serena Sessions, I dog out a father named Nicholas Casadine from General Hospital. I have declared him the worst father of the decade. Oh, he wow. Shit. Yes, he's that <laughs> shitty as a father. Terrible. The decade. Slept, the decade. Slept with his son's girlfriend. Knocked her up. <laughs> shit father activities. Faked his death for three years. That's a shit father. But in the case of Ray Mysterio, he is the worst father of the year already. So Cedric Escobar is trying to do right by Ray. Honor him. The Lucha Libre legacy mask. Let's honor this tradition, shall we? Dominic spits on that tradition. Thanks for an assist from Rhea Ripley. As Rhea drops Santos with a riptide on the floor. And Dom goes up top, lands a frog splash on Santos for the win. That's blasphemy, but I digress on all of that. So Dominic Mysterio grabs his father's mask that he gave to Santos Escobar and he tears it apart. The ultimate sacrilege. Rey Mysterio comes out on the main stage. And you would think this is the moment that Rey finally, finally beats his son's ass for being disrespectful to his mask and to him and to Santos. Ray on a hot mic says, I'm not going to hit you. Like, (sighs) throw him away. (laughs) So just throw him away. Like after all of this, after this disrespect, I can't hit you. I'm not going to do it. So Dom pushes his dad, shoves him. Ray doesn't fight back. So Ray turns around like an idiot when Dominic drops the mask very disrespectfully. So ever the idiot, Ray's going to bend down from behind, grab his torn up mask. And then once again, Dominic punks his dad out by laying his ass out from behind. And then once again, Ray sits up crying, wondering, how can my son do this to me? Like Ray, at this point, get the switch, get the belt, beat your son's ass. Michael Cole is ready to do the job you won't that you don't want to do. Like, dude, I am now on Scott's side. Ray Mysterio, you ain't shit as a father. And what you didn't mention was that Santos Escobar was in the ring just shaking his head. <laughs> dude was just sitting in the corner just shaking his head like god damn dude first and like so a couple things a couple things first of all I, even that that worst father of the decade you said that man wouldn't have took this nonsense that ray mysterio took i, I i'm just i'm gonna just go out on a limb and assume the guy who slept with his son's girlfriend and knocked her up is not gonna let that same son mush him in the face. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. Um, Before I get to that, I do want to give a shout out to Santos Escobar because God bless you. You tried your hardest to get a good match out of Dominic Mysterio. You really tried your hardest and I don't know if you got there, but you definitely put that work in, Santos. (laughs) You absolutely put that work in. Let me say that. Um, 
I, I don't I don't have like the crowd is into it. The crowd is with it. So who am I to say that it's not working? But what? I I I am begging for the day my son decides to mush me. <laughs> like, what is going on, man? Like, why did you come out? Why did you come out? Why in the world did you come out from the back? You waited for the second rip in the mask. Why didn't you come out when he ripped the first hole? Oh, it's just one hole. Oh, no. See, he done ripped both eye holes. Now I got to come out. What? What what are we doing, man? Like, seriously, what are we doing? And why is Santos Escobar fighting your battles on your behalf? I, I, how? I completely, I'm, I'm with Dom. I'm with Dom. And you got Michael Cole over here. I mean, with his whole chest talking about how terrible Dominic is. And Wade Barrett's like, look, dude, I, you know, Ray Mysterio's an awful dad. Ray, Ray Mysterio's a bad father, bro. What you going to do? He said, essentially, Wade Barrett is saying on commentary, Ray Mysterio was a bad father. And I'm with them. This is, to me, this is absolutely awful. It is. And Scott, I don't know if you're clairvoyant or what, but you said something earlier about the worst father of the decade. Nicholas Castaneda General Hospital. And you said that you don't think his son would get away with something like this. I want to confirm that you are right. There was an episode roughly three weeks ago when Spencer, if you know from Sprina, one half of Sprina on the show, they were in a chapel and he was blackmailing his dad over some evidence about him committing a crime. And his son got smart. And you know what dad did? Jacked him up by his tie. Ray Mysterio can't reach Dominic's tie, so that's out. <laughs> so can't do that one. <laughs> that idea is out. So to confirm, Nicholas Cassidy ain't no punk, unlike Ray Mysterio. See, see what I'm saying? Like at, at, at least he stepped to him, but then he like he steps to him and then he just like cowers him. And Dominic is like puffing his chest out. Like this dude has a mullet and he's punking you. How you let a man with a mullet punk you in 2023? But that mullet's laid though. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> the mullet's laid. I mean, it that curl is just is laid right. And that's uh, rare. The yeah. mullet is mulleting. He put some lie. time on that. He put some time to that. He has he has perfected the mullet, which is not easy to do. It's hideous, but beautiful at the same time. I'm mesmerized by it. But Ray Mysterio, you got three weeks to get your shit together, to to teach Dominic a lesson. You got to pop him in the face one good time. You got to beat his ass. The fans are popped for it. They're waiting for the moment. But my God, every single week, we don't get our moment. And I'm waiting patiently because now I am on Scott's side and I'm going to get Booyah cut off the air because of it <laughs> now that I have a line with Scott. And then Scott comes back with the GH hit saying, hell, the guy that knocked up his son's girlfriend, he would not take that shit. And sure enough, Scott was right. Hey, listen, let me ask you this though, Keela. Does, does Ray Mysterio strike his son and we call Child Protective Services before or after uh, Wrestle like does, does this happen before WrestleMania or does the first strike happen at WrestleMania? I would hope it happens before WrestleMania. He's so got to pop him before the Raw before Mania. I would say two weeks before at the most. Okay. Okay. 
We're taking bets now. Two weeks before WrestleMania, he's got to knock his son out. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the, the, uh, I'm going to say the SmackDown before. I'm going to say the the very last show before, because they're all going to be in LA, right? That SmackDown's in LA too, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say he goes ahead and smacks him in that LA show. Primes him up. You know, they, they get the match and he smacks him in that LA show. So you got two weeks. I got one week. It's got to happen one of those two weeks. Agreed. I also have a question regarding WrestleMania. Uh, this Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, where are the inductees at? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Triple H said, yeah, you know, we might not have time for that this year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was kind of Vince's thing. Might not have time for it. We might just have one person, <laughs> one inductee this year. We'll do it. We'll do the same format, do it after that SmackDown. But I ain't staying here till three o'clock in the morning listening to Undertaker give his sermon. <laughs> testifying, giving his giving his uh how he got to where he is. I don't need that. I don't need Pastor Taker giving me another sermon. TD Taker did, was was enough for you last year. Nah, TD Taker was more than enough for me <laughs> with that mic on his face like that. Like the nerve. TD Taker and C Lowly, they should oh they need to be they need to be a tandem. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm dead. CeeLo Lee. <laughs> CeeLo Lee and TD Taker. That's the church I'm trying to go to. TD Taker delivering the sermon and C and CeeLo Lee on them keys and singing the tunes. I am so done with you now, but I want that <laughs> church in my life desperately now that you've mentioned it, my God. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I was like, what's up with the Hall of Fame, Hunter? What's up, Holmes? We ain't got a name. We ain't got a headliner. We ain't got nothing. <laughs> I telling you, dude's like, yeah. <laughs> I ain't got to, if it ain't me, I ain't got time for it this year. <laughs> he said, listen, NXT is coming on at 10 o'clock in the morning. I gotta get up at six. I got a long day. A long day. I ain't got time for no Batista is the only inductee. I'm gonna give him about 30 minutes. To say what you need to say. No, no, no. He said, I'm gonna give this entire thing 30 minutes. So your speech is gonna be about 10. Paul Levesque, you tried the Hall of Fame. He don't give a shit. I respect it though. Like this is a man. They didn't even announce that they got the Royal Rumble. Like, it's just here. Mm. <laughs> just saying, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's only one inductee for real. Batista. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Damn. Honey, you could care a little bit, but I understand it, though. Mm, okay. So, Hall of Fame choices. But let's segue to our main event of SmackDown, shall we? Involving Sami Zayn versus Solo Sokoa from the Bloodline. And Roman Reigns has issued a deadline of next week for Jey Uso to rejoin the family. And Jimmy Uso's in the hot seat. Because if Jey does not return home, Sami Zayn will not be blamed for this. Jimmy will. 
And Jamie's been relaying messages to Jay, to Roman, saying that Jay basically told Roman, leave me the hell alone. And I can believe that from Jay. So he's in the hot seat. Jimmy's in the hot seat. Paul's over there looking like a sad puppy. I love the entire visual. So Sam is Zane is still causing tension within the bloodline as he takes the fight to Solo Sokoa with a dive on the outside, takes out Jimmy as well, but then Solo recovers by sending Sammy over the barricade as we go to commercial break. We come back and Sammy fights back. It's a great battle. He avoids a couple of high spots from Solo Sokoa. He gets hit with the Samoan drop and the hip attack in the corner, but Sammy responds with a blue thunder bomb and goes for the haluva kick until Jimmy pulls Solo away in the corner. Solo fights back with the Samoan spike for the one, two, three. After the match is over, we have Jimmy and Solo go after Sami Zayn. And we have Solo wrap the chair around Sami's neck in the corner to end him with a, with a hip attack in the corner. Jimmy says, no, Solo, I got this. Like, Jimmy, this is not your thing. It's your brother's. But in doing so, this hesitation leads to Sammy fighting back, chucking a chair at Solo's face, and he's able to wipe out the bloodline. And Roman Reigns is watching backstage absolutely pissed off that Sammy once again got one over on the bloodline. Jay is still MIA, not back on the show this week. He must be in attendance next week on SmackDown to face the music. Will he, is he in or is he out? But I enjoyed the main event. A lot of fun. Sammy still over with the people cheered beloved and i cannot wait to see what jay is going to do next friday on smackdown because if he does the wrong thing jimmy's getting the heat now jimmy no cake uso know that them cheeks he got was not gonna do no damage to sammy Zayn. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like there's a reason that solo's doing it solo got the cake like, I, you, you know what i'm saying like what we doing you got it you gotta have the cheeks back there if you're gonna do a hip attack like what? There's a reason Tony Storm does the hip attack. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason she uses her cheeks. Um, I, I just like I thought the whole thing. It, I didn't like the ending. I did not like that Sammy was able to take out Solo and Jimmy. Didn't did not like that. You know, Jimmy Jimmy throws a super kick barrage. That's what he should have been doing. Just super kicking the hell out of him. One, two, three, four. Every time Solo goes to get him, super kick, super kick. Like, that's what Jimmy does. Like, why? what are we doing, man? Why wouldn't he just let Solo do it and then he does it? I, I just, I didn't like the ending. I didn't like that part. I get they had to get there to add a little bit more drama to the Jimmy thing. You know, is Jay coming? Jay really needs to come now. I get that. I just didn't like that you had to take out Solo and you had to take out two members of the bloodline by himself to do that. Didn't like that aspect. The match was good. Um, again, Solo is protected, gets a nice win over Sami Zayn. I thought Wade Barrett was really good during this match on commentary, specifically because he told a really good story about how Solo, not one time during the early portions of the match, was in there to try to win it. That was his. That was the thing he kept harping about was Solo's not here to win this match. He hasn't gone for one pinfall or one submission attempt, no matter how big of a move. He had a nasty Samoan drop, just didn't do nothing, went right back to attacking him. I thought Wade Barry did a really good job of laying that that message and that story down of Solo just really being there to put to lay the hurt to Sami Zayn. Yeah, and you ain't got to shade Jimmy like that. Uh, no cheeks. <laughs> he ain't got no cheeks compared to Solo. Absolutely not. I don't know what Jimmy was thinking. Choices. Not good choices. But 
We will see next week what Jay will do. Will he come home or will we have more dissension? And what Kevin Owens has to do with any of this heading into the home stretch for WrestleMania? We got to get there somehow. I'm very curious to see how KO and Sammy reunite, despite all the things going on with the bloodline in terms of self-destruction. I like that KO wasn't on the show this week. Keep keep that mystery alive. They're not friends yet. Let's see how they get together. So I like keeping them apart at times too. Me too. Makes total, total sense. And I love the suspense and tension leading into that moment in the next few weeks heading into WrestleMania. And with that, this is going to be the end of the show. But before we go, it's time for us to pick, which is going to be a bit harder this week because last week was it was a struggle to pick a best match. But I think we got a lot more competition this week. So, Scott, what is the best match you've seen from WWE this week across Raw, SmackDown, NXT, perhaps Level Up or Main Event? Man, there were a, a lot of really good matches. And I I think I'm going to go with the Carmelo Hayes, Vin um, Tyler Bate match. Really enjoyed it. But I, I really, really want people to check out that Zoe Starks and Mikio match. I, I thought that was really good. Um, Zoe Starks is, is like that. Like she's, to me, she's like that. So I would check, check out the three matches from NXT, man. The, the opener, that middle women's match and that, uh, main event. I, NXT had a very nice bounce back week. Agreed. I would actually recommend Tyler Bade and Carmelo Hayes as well. And also Cody Rose yes. versus Chad yes. Gable on Monday Night Raw. That was a really good match. Give me 20. It would have been perfect. But for the time they were given, they did that. So overall, a much better week in WWE in terms of really good wrestling action. As we put a bow on this week's wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network, I want to thank good father Scott Young for joining me this week as we chop it up when it comes to all things WWE. What a show it was. You now home. You now, How can I say this? Because even I can't believe it. You are now until June. A Warriors homer. No, 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 no. That is only if KD is the opposing team in the Western Conference Finals. I hope you both lose. I hope you both lose the rest of the season. Don't win another game, if I'm going to be honest with you. So, I, I, but that if, if it comes to that, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm repping the Warriors. I'm manifesting that. I don't care. I want this for me. And I want your pain on the timeline with banners supporting Steph and Clay for the next month and a half when it happens in May. That sounds absolutely disgusting. Um, so with that in with that in mind, Keela, it's still a pleasure as of right now to chop it up and talk all things WWE with you. I had a blast. Uh, this was a really good week. I enjoyed breaking you twice on the same show. Um yeah, I look forward to next week as we get closer to WrestleMania. It feels like WrestleMania season, so I'm excited. Me too. It's a good time to be a WWE fan. WrestleMania is upon us. And yes, you broke me twice on this show via fighter jets and scripts <laughs> with the footage. Listen, if anyone can get the script, get the footage, I know my boy scripts could flip in there like the little ninja he is. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it right now. And with that, thank God, this is the end of the show. We'll be back next week covering all things WWE. Maybe a little GH2 because Scott was right about a father being a better better father than Rey Mysterio. Like, how do you know? Like, I don't know, but he did figure it out, which is amazing to me. 
Hey, shout out to your GH fan base. When Scott can read a hand, that's trouble for Rey Mysterio. Listen, that's man, all I'm going to say. I, I just call about, I see him. And, and when you look at Rey Mysterio, you could definitely call him a mile away. Oh, my God. Well, facts. Scott is observant to a fault. And he was right in real time on this air. But until next week, that's the week that was in WWE. And we'll be back next week as the road to WrestleMania continues. Big show Monday night with John Cena live in Boston, Massachusetts. Going to be quite the show on USA. Until then, for myself and for good father, Scott Young. That's a wrap on all things WWE. Take care. Uh, Bye-bye.